Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Shop and Chivalry Podcast. I have another election episode for you today. This is a big one. My guest today is Melanie Allen. She's running for mayor and she will face Kenny Holloway in the runoff on April 27th. Do not forget to get out and vote. I want to have both candidates present for a discussion about Ocean Springs, but unfortunately, Kenny declined due to an already full schedule. In any case, Melanie and I have a fun discussion. I ask questions posed by many of you, and we also just have a candid conversation about Ocean Springs. Melanie is an accomplished woman who is skilled in business and public service, and her accolades and accomplishments speak to as much. She shows grace and poise despite what has been an unfair attack on her character by a Gestapo-like effort to marginalize her as a woman, a public servant, and a qualified candidate for this city's highest title. The elections have shown me that despite the darkness of these big statements from small minds, integrity, competence, and strength will always persevere. I'm happy to have Melanie on again. The entire election series began with our conversation months ago. I'm thrilled to host this wonderful woman again, and I'm even more thrilled I found such an amazing friend. Everyone, please welcome Melanie Allen. Melanie, are you ready? I'm ready, Brian. Looking forward to this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Shop and Chivalry Podcast. I'm here with, uh, well... Melanie Allen, and it's your second time here on the show. I know, and I'm excited and just as nervous as I was the first time. <laughs> I mean, I'm equally as nervous, and I know you didn't believe me then, but I still definitely am very nervous. You made it so conversational. It doesn't seem like I'm being interviewed by someone. It's like I'm having a conversation with someone I know. So if we do the same thing today. It'll be great. Perfect, perfect. Well, well, uh, thank you for that. And uh, so, so, Melanie, first of all, how has the campaign been? Campaign's been great. Mm -hmm. uh, a few little rough patches here and there with folks, but 96% fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have had the most exceptional opportunity and adventure learning even more. I thought I knew this city. I thought I knew all the ditches and neighborhoods. Uh -huh. I, I knew problems, pluses, trees. I've learned more about this city. It's been fantastic. Well, and it was great talking to you as well because I got to experience the story that you told about 12 Oaks. Yeah. And I've since told that story to so many people and I've Good. walked the grounds. And you know, it's different walking that those grounds with that story in the background, you know? Thank you for saying that because it is a layer that is as important as the trees to mm -hmm. that space. That's a, a sense of place at 12 Oaks is palpable. Right, and right. The uh, the healing when, as we know, there was an enslaved woman who owned that property. And then after she had established a home there with her family, her former owner, who had run, run out of all her resources, came to live there. And Johanna, the enslaved woman, took her in, and the woman lived with their family until she passed away. Yeah, that a, is a remarkable story of unity. We could learn from that. Because, oh, absolutely. Uh, unifying this city is something I'm looking forward to doing. But that Twelve Oaks place, I'm so glad you explored it, that you also now <laughs> appreciate it like I do and so many other people. Right. And, and places like that really, really tell a story. And there's so many places in Ocean Springs that are like that. I mean, the Mary Sea as well. Um, just walking through downtown and seeing the Oaks, walking the beach and seeing the Oaks and maybe seeing the Oaks that probably peered out and saw Diaberville whenever he first landed. So. Yeah. And when we think about trees along that uh, front beach walkway or yeah. all of that area, you know, you're, you're exactly right. The explorers saw those same trees. Mm -hmm. And when you think of that continuity and the rich sense of history here, it's an, an amazing thing. This is a very special place on this earth. 100%. 100%. Well, well, look, 
I do want to get into the uh, to the questions here because oh, yeah. again we we've, we've yeah. got plenty of questions here and and we've sourced them from from the community. Before we begin, though, what I do want to say is that I've um, I've I guess I'll start here. This conversation that that you and I are having, ideally, I wanted to have uh, Mr. Holloway here too, so so that we could have this this conversation. And uh, for the viewers out there, we did extend an invitation to to Mr. Holloway. His schedule didn't didn't permit it, so he had to decline the the invitation. But nonetheless, we get to hear you out. And I'm excited to, to hear your ideas as well. Uh, what I will say is I'm, I'm very proud of uh, your, your campaign for running such a positive campaign, focusing on key issues, right? And despite this sort of undue social media, like pressure that's been levied on, levied on the things that, that you do with this Gestapo-like uh, force that seems to be criticizing you in ways that have nothing to do with your policies. Yeah. And, and so I commend you for, for staying strong, uh, for being resolute in, in your pursuit for uh, the city's highest office. So I thank you that for that. I, I don't read it. I don't read the stuff on mm-hmm. social Good media. Good for you. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I didn't before. It, it's, I've got other things to do. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, I'm not a victim. I, I'm not feeling uh, abused in one way or the other. I put myself up for this office. When you put yourself up in the... In the public view, you're going to have some detractors, right? Uh, whether they came with prejudice before I ran or not, it, it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to concentrate on them. But I'm positive about Ocean Springs. There you go. And it's worth being positive about. I agree. And I chose to run this campaign in a very positive manner because that's how I feel about this mm-hmm. city. And when you run for office, and, and and I, you know, I'm in my 60s. I'm I'm a mentor now in life, and I'm an example. I want to show people that you can run a campaign in a positive manner, uh, win, lose, or draw. And I'm, you know, we're working till the last vote. Sure, sure. Um, but um, you want to encourage people to get involved in public service and step up. Yeah. And um, to run a negative campaign is just seems out of place in Ocean Springs. Yeah, I agree. Well, you mentioned being being older and, and being a mentor, and, and there's so many there's so many things that uh, these sort of older population in Ocean Springs have to offer, but it doesn't seem like there's enough to sort of pay back the senior citizens in in Ocean Springs in terms of like a, a dedicated, maybe uh, not necessarily a facility, but more programs within Ocean Springs. So. Uh, it was Melinda Boswell that asked, it seems there isn't enough uh, support for senior citizens. What plans or ideas do you have to improve the city for senior citizens? Well, I know Melinda, and she's a, a friend and a, and a hero to me. She's taught, taught junior high mm-hmm. for many years. She was my city. teacher. Oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> Big you red know truck. Melinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I, she was my neighbor on Ward, and when I uh, first moved here, I realized you were like with a rock star when you were downtown in Ocean Springs with Melinda <laughs> because she either taught you, she taught your mother, your sister, your cousin, and uh, she's an imposing woman, and I'm very proud to have her as a friend. Uh, Melinda plays pickleball and, uh-huh. and tennis, so this may have come from that. I do think we need to address the needs of our senior citizens. Anytime we can promote health in our community and, mm. and positive activities, that's a plus. For sure. Um, we have focused, it seems to me, our parks and rec programs mostly on, on children, which is fine, teenagers, sports, sure. that's absolutely great. That's kind of a given, right? Yeah, yeah it is, it, but as we, given. you know, I, I'm a, I like to know the stats, and so we look at the demographics of this city. Okay. We need to look at the ages of the population that's coming in, and there's a significant senior um, presence here. 
and that's growing. And so to have uh, activities that will keep the senior citizens healthy, involved, active, they can be combined with kids. You don't know. There, there are programs that have been utilized in different parts of this country that we could use as a template. Mm-hmm. I would look to um, projects, or I, w- I would look to support from like Blue Cross, Blue Cross Blue Shield, sure. and the foundation money. There's national money for senior support, but I am all for it. And it needs to be uh, not separate. It needs to be convenient. It, we have some limited senior citizen activities downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, those can be expanded. I, you know, one of the things I'm all about is is citizen involvement. And so, uh, one of the a- the areas for committees that I would look to establish would be something for senior citizens. Look at okay. look at adult recreation. And uh, so, I agree with Melinda. I, I think it's more than just a few watercolor or or painting classes. Uh, you know, Taekwondo, uh, tai, okay. tai Chi. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the Taekwondo, but, maybe the Tai Chi. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. <laughs> I do my 12 minute Tai Chi every morning and every night, and okay. I, I find great value in that. But yes, we should involve our senior citizens in citizen planning. We should know what their needs are. I've had great conversations with the folks at Samaritan House and at mm-hmm. the villa. They're eager. That's a wealth of of the wealth of ability and expertise there and we should be taking advantage of that we should have programs for them too i agree and and i'm, I'm going to be a nerd here for a second okay <laughs> so um I've, I've got this idea that i've tried to flesh out and it's the belief in multi-dimensional travel right bear with me so i'm so, beginning to get scared <laughs> now right so <laughs> so so think about this uh they say that your perspective is your view of the world right okay. And so I can't experience your world. Right. And you have a greater depth of this world than I do. And the only way for you to share that world with me is for you to talk to me. Yeah. So I would love to see more of that to where we can kind of create, again, as you say, um, being a mentor, those those uh, interwoven uh connective tissues that that connect our our older uh population with with younger uh like people that. within the you know within the city as well so like that they that can share lot. those worlds i like that a lot and um i'm someone my grandparents raised me so mm. i had that different generation mix girl and there's up. value in that there's great value and yeah. then my boy lives in europe or actually in africa right now but when he lived in europe you that's not unusual they think we're weird over here where we all have individual houses yeah but there's multi-generational multi-generational and what are the advantages of that it's Mm. it's remarkable yeah so uh, yeah i think that's we want to promote that We, we love that well you mentioned also that you uh put community involvement as as a as a um as an important thing for you, right? Yeah. So, so getting into office, what are some community uh, committees that you intend to oh, start? Let me think about that. I, I yeah. made a little list the other day. Okay. This, um, because I think it's more than people would think. Uh, I think, <clears throat> I think we can't um, we can't fully appreciate what the citizens are willing to offer. There's a little fly. There is. There is. Is he bugging you? Is that a pun? <laughs> He's just sitting there taking all this in. Um, no, I, I think certainly we need to reestablish some that were here before, which uh, in previous administrations, economic development is easy. I say quality of life. We need to be, we have, a, we should have a resource, a committee to address that. Uh, recreation with all ages represented. Beautification, which is more than just keep Ocean Springs beautiful. Uh, it would also involve um, care around the median, uh, which mm-hmm. is a hot subject. For it is right now. The yeah. Medians yeah. Along 90. Um, the marquee, our gateways, we should be looking mm-hmm. at our presence there. Certainly tree protection committee. I think there's a, an opportunity for a, um, an entertainment district 
resource okay. committee because we're expanding that. You know, That's right. I saw that. Entertainment district where it's Cantina mm-hmm. Marina. And so we, we need citizen input and um, folks who are established in those businesses and working to manage those businesses, mm-hmm. they need to be involved in that. I say natural capital also, which is the trees and when the value. You mm-hmm. put a dollar value all the the God-given resources mm-hmm. and, and trees and natural capital we have in the city. That's a tremendous thing. Yeah. Um, arts and culture, East Ocean Springs, um, Gateway, students, historic districts, promoting promoting Ocean Springs. <laughs> we got a guest here, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so all of those, could, I, I don't see that in one general group. I right. see those as individual groups, always being a resource so that we tap into citizen input as much as possible. I love every bit of that. And and uh, Amanda Pavlov did ask uh, what, what your thoughts were on uh, reinstating the tree committee. And oh. I suppose that's something that you're looking into? Yeah. Uh, so for background, I was appointed to the tree committee for six years. Mm -hmm. and I was uh, elected chair for those years. Um, The committee we had was imperfect. I think the city made maybe a bit of a clumsy effort to reorganize it. Mm -hmm. I have a real problem as a conservative fiscally in um, replacing volunteer hours with with citizen employee hours. Mm. Um, I think that the, the real... Ocean Springs is a tree city USA, and the tenants of that... Uh, distinction, we're meeting the minimum definition of that in that citizens are contacted or involved right. in some way in that process, but um, not to the full extent. It's one thing to to establish the minimum of a de- definition. I want the maximum definition. Yeah. Our yeah. trees in Ocean Springs are iconic. They're valuable. They work for us, and uh, to not protect them is a real problem for me. Mm-hmm. The complaints about tree committee were that it they delayed uh, permitting sometimes because the committee met every other week in recent years. We met weekly when I when I was chair. Uh, and you're talking about four to twelve different site visits each time you go out. that it's a cumbersome proce- process. Yeah. We had a great committee with tree committee when I first got on we had a full-time arborist. Uh, but when the grant ran out for that, the city chose not to employ another arborist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can look at other ways to establish that sort of excellence um, by maybe contracting or sharing an arborist with another city. Mm, but tree committee should be reestablished. I, I think we need to have a conversation amongst ourselves as citizens. What do we expect from that? What's the goal of having tree committee? Right. When right. I got off, I kind of felt, Brian, like I was doing busy work when I went out because 96% of the time when we had a, uh, a tree that we denied after working with the owner and couldn't, we denied taking it out, mm-hmm. if they appealed to the alderman, it was approved. So the situation was set up that where it was conflict built into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think that we're asking too much of some of the, the tree specialists in town here that they need to get a permit for trimming. We had an established rule that nobody took more than 20% off a tree. That's a National Arborist Society recommendation for the health of the tree. I think that we have great folks who do tree services here in Ocean Springs. They can peer review each other. Sure. Let the tree committee deal with big issues on trees. Let's recognize the value of the trees. Let's go back to Ethel and Connor created a list of iconic heritage trees here years ago. They're established with the state. Uh, they're on record at the library here. 
let's look at those trees that we say are not in play. Let's establish those as heritage trees or something and celebrate them. Yeah. So I think the city's work needs to be on protecting trees on public property. And then you set an example for your citizens. You educate them about why trees are valuable, why yeah. they're important, what they do for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then if, people, if we have to have a, a trees, I know there's a very controversial situation on Front Beach with those trees. Yeah. I think if you exhaust all resources, the homeowner with their private property rights takes those trees out. I think the city may have a mechanism for asking that homeowner to reimburse the city for the value of those trees. Mm. There's a, a National Arborist Society valuation method for that. Okay. Five feet up, the circumference, the type of tree, evaluation. If the homeowner insists on taking them out, they reimburse the city. The city puts those funds in a restricted account, and they're used for care and maintenance of our iconic trees on public property. I love that idea. And, and I'll say, too, what you're, it, it seems that, that what you're advocating is not an expansion of, of government, but an expansion of, of what um, of taking care of things that are important to the city yeah. and putting that in in the hands of, of, of citizens, which may look like, I guess, a committee that's maybe uh, hosted by the city. But it's not the same thing. And, and as a conservative, um, you know, as a as a Republican, I have a deep appreciation for that. Now, I, I'd, I'd be curious um, what the other uh, mayoral candidate would would think of that because he's uh, he's also a a Republican, and I haven't heard much of him talk about um, taking care of the community in such a way that wouldn't expand government in some way. I, I don't know what his yeah, thoughts yeah. on that, and I don't really well know him well enough to sure, to, sure. Uh, to guess at that. But our trees are iconic. Yeah. They're important to this community, caring for those. When I say natural capital, if we put a dollar value to all the trees and green um, plants, shrubs, all the things that make us more than just any average city, if we, have a, we had to establish a dollar value for all those, that would equal natural capital. We'd be talking about tens of millions of dollars yeah. in this city. When you look at beaches. I think three, you might be undervaluing it. I, I probably could. Yeah. But we need to think about that. Our money in the bank is one way that we have an asset. Preserving our assets as a conservative, preserving your assets that are natural capital is equally as important to me. Sure. And, and we face this. We have density <clears throat> issues now with, with uh, the unified code and such. Um, well, that's a good, good, good thing to transition sure, to if you'd sure. like to. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the Unified Development Code, how it can be proved and, and uh, improved rather, and what your plan uh, is to go about improving that. I'm not an expert and I'm not an urban planner or, okay. or city planner, but sure. I, I have some knowledge about this. Um, the value of the UDC code or Unified Development Code, as I understand it, is that it incorporates all elements that require permitting by someone who wants to do something with property in this city. So they're overlapping. And rather than um, drainage being treated one way or development uh, site <coughs> preparation Sorry. in another way, that's OK. Um, the Unified Code establishes all the Sydney ordinances and rules and permitting process all together. Mm-hmm. I think there's great value in it. You look at the whole project and at one glance that way. I think the point of that is to be is to be more fair and broad and look at the whole project. Okay. I think there's real value in that. It it appro- it um, allows density. It's met. Its value is in uh, ordinances for mixed use development more than anything else. And we're a mixed use development sure. city at this especially point. downtown especially and uh, Porter Avenue being the I think is the oldest historic district in the city the old oh, really? Ocean Springs district runs from Porter all the way from downtown all mm-hmm. the way out 
And that was always mixed use. It's not that some houses are now becoming commercial or did years ago. Some were originally established next to residences as mixed-use development. So that was pretty much a forerunner there. Sure. I'm all for the UDC. UDC. It, we've got a... It's not fully implemented. It's a long process. The city is still layering things, layering different um, levels of that as we go through the years. When it gets established, I think it will be fine. We need, as always, I think, Brian, people don't understand it. They see UDC. They, they don't know what that means, why we had to do it. Um, community education is really important to me. Uh -huh. uh, as mayor, communicating with our citizens as to why we're doing things is as important as the results. Sure. Rather than just uh, an agenda or a summary of what we did at a meeting. Mm -hmm. I think the process of how you get there is equally as important. I agree. And, and I think the citizens want that. They want more transparency. And that's part of the transparency. It's not just the end result. It's how did you come to that decision? What was the process that the board and aldermen used to come to that conclusion? Yeah, it, it seems there's a lot of that. Well, the ends will justify the means. And if you didn't know the means, just know they're justified based based on the end. But, but yeah. knowing the means to get there and having citizen input might uh, help you avoid unintended consequences that would, that would help you in the near and long term. I hope you know? so. So that, that certainly makes sense. So... Uh, Cynthia Blades Raven asks, uh, what can the city do to improve walkability? There are numerous areas where the sidewalks just seem to end. The middle school is a good example. Yeah, um, I hear that as I've talked to folks or listened to folks more mm -hmm. than talked all over city that walkability is a quality of life issue that's really important to a lot of folks. It's a major priority, especially in uh, routes from neighborhoods to schools. Sure. We want our kids to be able to walk to school. We want our kids to be safe. We don't want them in the street. Uh, safety means more walking. More walking means healthier citizens. Mm -hmm. More walking means fewer vehicles. Mm -hmm. And all of that's good. Fewer traffic problems, less parking. Um, I, I spoke with Hank Zuber not long ago. And we okay. were talking about appropriations. And I know there's over a million dollars that's just been appropriated, f dedicated for sidewalks in Ocean Springs. So well done to our legislative delegation yeah, for yeah. getting that done. Um, there are some areas I hear where the sidewalk will go a certain way and then you'll reach a low area and then it comes back up on the other side. And yeah. that's a common complaint by moms and, and kids. But you know what? I, I don't know if you remember Andre Kaufman when he was director of public works here. Mm -mm. He was a colorful fella. Okay. He'd been an alderman also. He was also extremely good at his job. I, I very much liked Andre. And occasionally I had to make him a devil's food chocolate cake in order to say thank you for something he worked look, on for look, a project. Look, you got to pull but, people's levers too. Hey, you know you what know, I mean? I <laughs> you you got to know how to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Andre had come up with the, I'm going to give Andre credit. I'm not sure if it was him or one of his other team members who were also great. But they came up. he came up with a method along Government Street where the the land was not sufficient for a real sidewalk well they made a little boardwalk across right lower, and it connects to the other side well, why not do that yeah I've, i have heard i think there's an area on government street where it kind of cuts off and and i know this area because I've, I've ran there to run from my house down to uh beverly place uh and there's an area probably about 100 yards or so where yeah. i've got to run in the road you know and and then and then get back on a sidewalk i'm told there's a natural spring there and that's why we can't I did, I, I've heard someone comment on that, mm -hmm. and I'd love to know that. Yeah, I yeah. Had, I did not know that. I don't doubt it one bit because of right. natural springs all over. There was mm -hmm. one in my backyard on Ward. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, but walking and making this a walkable city. It should still be a priority. It's fabulous. It's yeah, got to yeah. be a priority. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just that way. I mean 
Halstead, Holcomb, mm-hmm. all these Bechtel, all these streets. They, everybody wants sidewalks. I think Halstead was another one. Another thing one. I hear. Yeah. Uh, traffic, parking, sidewalks are right on in there. Yeah. And which, which to me speaks to we want to be down there. Yeah. You know, like like that's that's where we want to be. Help us be down there more. It also means we want to be out. We love yeah. being out. Yeah. And you know, if you're a runner or you walk, or even if you're on a golf cart, the experience you have of being anywhere in Ocean Springs on that level, rather than in your car with the windows turned up, yeah. um, you get to know your neighbors. You see yeah. the plants. You 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 get to know the city. And there's just something cool about. Going, going downtown on the beach in a golf cart, Absolutely. you know, I've, I've yeah, got to say. I have one. I love it. Yeah. So speaking of golf carts, that, that was a question uh, brought up too by uh, Susan Yvette Deloach and Lucy Hetrick. And, and it had to do with uh, increasing the enforcement of current speeding laws to include uh, ordinances downtown and on Front Beach due to golf carts. Golf carts, you know, people are having a good time yeah. and they're playing music really loud. What can be done about that? Well, we need to work with the vendors. Mm-hmm. We need to have our police enforce the laws. Uh, where I live down near the Inner Harbor, there's a dip in the road. So everybody who's coming in a golf cart, they get a pretty good clip coming down that hill. <laughs> they are really excited about speeding past my uh-huh. house. Um, we need to enforce the rules. Yeah. I get scared about kids in the golf carts. I get scared about pets in the golf carts. I don't like the the loud music or some of the profane music. You know, music sure. is fine. I like my music. I, it's not all opera in my house. Um, <laughs> but um, But the volume. Yeah, we need to enforce those rules, and there are ways to do this. I sure. also think that, you know, uh, in in Key West, for example, if you buy, if you rent a, a moped or you rent a golf cart down there, you have to watch a little video, and that little video kind of tells you a little bit about Key West, yeah, what you're, with the normal patterns where they suggest you go. It also reminds you to be a courteous visitor when you're there, what the rules are about noise mm-hmm. and music, what the rules are about speed. So, um, we make our guests recognize be aware of the rules and uh, and follow them yeah yeah well I, I i can tell you from from a technical aspect um i don't know if if this is the right answer but uh you could install uh current limiters on the speakers that would prevent the noise from getting too loud See, but that's a great segue <laughs> because i think that what i would like to discuss with our police chief and he knows what the needs of his department are way more than i do um, but i would like to ask him what tech does he need to allow his officers to reserve their time for the needs of a person. Mm. There's a lot of tech, tech things. There's traffic issues, sound, um, uh, cameras. Mm-hmm. We're, we're so into entertainment now, and we yeah. have these crowds. Um, we need police downtown. We know that. We want beat police downtown. We want a presence at events. We want a presence when it's uh, very populated. We want a presence on weekends, probably. Yeah. Um, but to, to have tech in, 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 as, a, as a resource, you know, we had a few incidents. This is not a crime-laden city by any means. This no. is a great city. And if you've lived elsewhere, you really know mm-hmm. what a great quality of life we have here, including safety. I think if but you the, watch WLOX, you know that. Yes, exactly. You're exactly <laughs> right. Thank you for that. But we've had some incidences that would uh, were captured either from a ring doorbell or, or something like that. The cameras... Um, established around the, the heavily populated areas or the entertainment areas, but not a bad idea. And, and that's not a new concept. No. Uh, having gone to different cities uh, around the globe, uh, Amsterdam has, has uh, yeah. cameras on every city, and Amsterdam's a very clean city, and uh, you can, there's, there's a lot of history there, but um, 
the cameras kind of kind of keep people in check. Yeah, and they know? reserve <laughs> they reserve the officers to do things that require judgment. Yeah, and um, I, I, our first responders, our police officers, are so vital. We have to do everything we can to support them. Hundred so percent agree. Absolutely, and I, I you know they've gotten some raises. I think we need to look at what it takes to retain and recruit great folks who know Ocean Springs. Mm. Uh, the more someone is on a police force here the longer they're going to know the nuances of the community that makes that officer more valuable completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to be present. They need to be seen. It's, it's part of saying you're welcome here, but everybody behave. That's a, that's a big thing for me is, is having police one that can afford to live in the city that they police, but, uh, police that want to live here, that, that value the, um, the sort of quality of life, the way of life here as well, because they're going to seek to preserve that, you know, which is yeah. which is what we want the police to help us do. We want obviously. Them to be part of our community. Yeah. I love the fact that they take their cars home. Yes. I, I like the, the presence of a police vehicle. Yeah. There's one around the corner for me. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel safer. Sure. Um, so I, I, anything we can do to help them. Let me ask you this. So, so we're talking about kind of increasing presence, right? And so the question I have is, is at, at what cost? Because it's going to come, come at a cost. I mean, what, do you have a plan to kind of offset that sort of additional cost or what are your thoughts on that? When it comes to tech and talking about any kind of equipment Mm -hmm. for them, I'm pretty successful grant writer. We can look for funds for those sorts of things. As far as revenue for, um, let's say salaries, salaries and such, I have to say, what is a higher priority? Mm -hmm. What is a higher priority than our first responders and our police? That would be my question. Mm -hmm. And, um, as this city grows and we have more tax revenue, and I like look to diversify the economy, we we should have funds. Our priority needs to be quality of life. Yeah, that's built on protection and safety in this community. It has to be a top priority. Yeah, you can't put something less valuable to this community as a higher financial priority. It right. that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, sure, so. sure, and and of course, if if you value businesses, then you need to value first responders because the fire department is going to, going to respond to, uh, help the business and the police are going to help uh, keep the business safe. So absolutely. I, I, I think the bedrock of any fiscal policy kind of starts with the understanding that, that you have to take care of your, your, your first uh, responders. And it sounds like you've, uh, yeah. you've got that pretty well understood. The great part about a community conversation, ongoing conversations with citizens is to always know the pulse of the priorities of the community. Mm-hmm. This is a small town. We have standards that we we don't want to compromise. Yeah. We uh, we want people to mind their own business. We want people to behave. We want people to um, feel invested in the community. Mm. All of those things come from valuing your the effect, the chance that you live here. Yeah. And as we promote more community pride, I think a lot of these other things fall away. And we yeah. look for ways to work together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely agree. While we're on the subject of safety, I'm curious, do you have a position on, uh, well, how safe, how safe uh, is Ocean Springs in terms of guns? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on protecting Second Amendment uh, rights as mayor? Because it does seem that there's pressure at the federal level coming on down to um, maybe restrict some of the rights of uh you know, our, our, our second amendment gun owners. I'd have a real problem with that. I'm a gun owner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pretty good shot. I have, but I, okay. have, I have a Glock 40, that my home protection. Yeah. Um, it's a good choice. Yeah. My son's sh- uh, father's shotgun is there. Um, I read the other day that somebody developed an app that you can put on your iPhone. Someone breaks in your house. You turn that app up loud. Sounds like a shotgun 
they say most people will go out the door at the sound I like of that. a shotgun. <laughs> um, but first, amend, uh, Second Amendment rights are extremely important. I, I, this is Mississippi. This is guns are ingrained in our heritage and our mm-hmm. culture. Uh, the state of Mississippi establishes state laws. The municipality of Ocean Springs is required to and wants to support those laws, and that's mm-hmm. what I would oversee. And simple as that. Simple as that. Fair enough. Fair uh, you enough. Know, there's always room for education. I would look to the police to to, um, to guide any community conversation about what our needs are about gun safety. Mm-hmm. I, I would look to them to be the experts. So you 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 said that you're a very good grant writer, and um, while we're talking on on this kind of um, issue that exists at the federal level and the local level. How much experience do you have lobbying in, say, Washington or, or, or Jackson in case you had to be a voice for, for this city? I think it would overstate it if you said I'd ever been a lobbyist. I've been an advocate. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have been an advocate in Jackson for um, arts issues down here. I've gotten okay. a lot of money for projects down here from the Mississippi Arts Commission. So I have gone up there to on, on specific days to advocate with our legislators and those from across the state on the value of arts, the value of the significant economic impact of our creative economy all over this state. Oh, yeah. So I've done that. I've I've gone up and lobbied to uh, Mississippi Heritage Trust on their behalf, uh, Mississippi Development Authority uh, for projects down here. So uh, state level, that's pretty the extent of mine, and we've had good results from that. On a national level, I was a... Um, I was a member of the Land Trust for the Mississippi Coastal Plain Board of Directors down here. I was selected to go through some leadership training by the National Land Trust Alliance. And in doing that, I uh, also learned skills about advocating at Congress. So I have been up there to to um, speak with Representative Palazzo's office. Mm-hmm. I was up there. I was there with Thad Cochran, that wonderful gentleman, played Stars fell on Alabama for me on a piano in his oh, office really? the last time I saw him. <laughs> and I will treasure that memory. Charming gentleman. Too cool. Yeah. So I've gone up there to advocate uh, in, in areas like that. I was selected by the land trust to speak to a, a, a subcommittee of Congress uh, about two and a half years ago. And the issue then was uh, convincing Congress to leave the tax credits in on charitable donations because there was some concern about revitalizing or rechanging the the tax code and uh, charitable contribu- contributions were going to be after your taken off after your um, adjusted gross income. Mm. We want them above that line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so those are that's the extent of what I've done there. I feel very comfortable uh, putting a team together, being part of a team that could promote anything about Ocean Springs, yeah. uh, lobbying for anything that we need down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a, a number of people here in town who would be eager to be on that team. And I look forward to developing that. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, let me ask you this. How, how can we be more inclusive in, in Ocean Springs? Hmm. Define inclusive is a big word. So sure. I, sure. In what particular area of inclusiveness, age, um, minority well, representation? Well, we've talked about age, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things we can talk about is, is kind of getting, uh, young, young people involved. Yeah. Uh, but um, also, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Do you think there's there's work that can be done on um, minority populations within the city? You know, I, I truly do. I'm delighted to see that we have uh, Greg Gibson running in, in Ward 1. To, Great guy, a, uh, yeah. To add some diversity. We've got several women, including me, mm-hmm. in the race this time. There's nothing against the gentlemen who sit up there at the Board of Aldermen now but they don't look like the entire community. Yeah. And it would be nice if our representation up there really looked like our community. Mm. 
And, and I, I'm delighted for that. We're a big quilt of people in this community. We're a little more cosmopolitan, I think, than other parts of this sure. state because of Keesler, because mm -hmm. of the casinos. So that allows us to be a little more progressive in some ways. Yeah. Um, but inclusivity means everybody's welcome at the table. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm all for that. Gotcha, gotcha. One, one question that was asked, uh, let's see, had it here. This is... Uh, from Mark Becky, uh, Mass and Gale. Uh, how do you feel about allowing transgender uh, athletes into women's sports on the local level? That's a state issue. And right. Yeah, yeah, that's a state issue. And I think there's just been a um, mm -hmm. ruling with, with the governor on that. So yeah. I would leave it to that. I would also encourage the, I think that's a school board issue. I'd encourage coaches and parents uh, to be involved in, in talking to their legislators if they have any issue with that. But we're going to support the state laws. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's see here. Moving to the back here. No, I'm no big deal. You, that's a question's for me. Wow. <laughs> we're to, what we're, happened to that conversation? Well, this oh, is we're, we're going to get through the questions because I'm obligated to, but, but we're definitely going to have a conversation. You. Yeah. I'm just teasing you. It's fine. Uh, okay. We're being so serious and we, we, we need to laugh a little Oh bit. yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. So, uh, so you mentioned the land trust. <laughs> little jokes yeah. yes the land trust yeah, i was so, very proud of serving on that so do you want to talk about the land trust and and someone had asked about uh it was it was jennifer griggs Carr asked about um about the property owned uh with the walker family uh and that sort of transaction mm -hmm. of, of, of that property can you speak on that yeah i can speak on that I, i'm not under any legal influence not to um i wasn't on the board at the time that decision okay. was made i got on the board three or four or five months after that I was asked to join. Mm -hmm. Someone else had resigned and I, uh, I went on for the, to fulfill that, but I didn't have anything to do with that. I would say if I had been on that board for that decision, I can tell you I would not have voted to buy that property. Mm. Why is that? I'm told it was, it was overvalued in a major way. Well, I don't know about that because uh -huh. the land trust is required to use what's called a yellow book appraisal okay. whenever they purchase property, which is a federal appraisal format. And you have to have someone capable of filling that out. I don't know how you would inflate that, but I, that's all what I know as the rules for for purchasing property. And that was the always the procedure we followed. Yeah. Um, the fact that that property was being came to the land trust um, and saying this is a great piece of property for you to purchase. My understanding of how it went. I wasn't sure. there, so I'm, this is my opinion and from what I've read. Um, and, and also, this is a great piece of property for the land trust to own. There's value in it from a natural conservation perce perception, and we have the money for you to buy it. Mm -hmm. The fact that anybody named Walker was one of the people who owned the property would have been a huge red flag for me. And I would have asked about the definition and requirements of any funding used to buy that property. Uh, if that had been done, uh, I think the due diligence may have been a little lacking somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. I would have definitely been involved in due diligence and seeing that that was that that didn't that didn't go well with me. Sure. And uh, and we can see where it went. Right. Right. Um, on a personal note, I've got to say that I I knew I know Bill Walker and Sharon Walker. I, I thought Bill Walker was a very good man. I had dealings with him on other projects. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon Walker is probably one of the best academic grant writers I have ever read in my life mm. and to see them today makes me very sad yeah yeah i have no doubt you and know especially I, I if you've had a relationship the, yeah, yeah and i was not on the, the board at that time yeah. so i have no responsibility but i can tell you i would not have voted to buy that property mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Okay. Well, well, what are your priorities getting into office? I mean, what, what's the, what are the first three to five things that you want to get done? Um, let's, let's limit it. I, I guess to maybe the first year. What are your key priorities? Well, there? my key priorities for this is to is to establish uh, pride in this community again. Okay. Uh, to unify this community again. That's I, a big I'm one, right? I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody, but we know there's been a lot of dissension. Mm-hmm. We've had lawsuits. We've had uh, disputes. We've had angry words, and um, I think we can do better than that in, in communicating with each other. We we need to be respectful in our conversations with each other. Um, but as far as actual, other than team building uh, at City Hall and learning the non-tangible things of uh, establishing a method that works successfully for this community yeah. and for the system, it's a business. The government is a business here. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, thing, the things I keep hearing about, again, are quality of life issues, the sidewalks, the, the traffic, parking issues. Uh, that's a huge issue. Addressing all over town with each alderman, what are the quality of life issues that you need in your ward to make your citizens happy? Infrastructure, it's not sexy, but if the if the water doesn't flow or it doesn't flow away, everything stops. Infrastructure yeah. is huge. And everybody gets real unsexy. Everybody gets very unsexy <laughs> very quickly. Absolutely. But... Um, Again, Hank Zuber said there's a significant amount of money coming this way with regard to infrastructure. We have to work in concert with the county. The county also has funding. Infrastructure is key to the growth of this community, whether it's growth or it's just quality of life for what we have. Uh, We don't want to grow just for the sake of growing and end up with long-term liabilities. Mm -hmm. So those are are important things to me. Kickstarting um, an opportunity for a more diverse economy is a very big issue for okay. me. We are very entertainment and uh, hospitality driven in this community. I think that we have opportunities for adding some layers of uh, tech, uh, some light industry. Um, I think these are important things for us to consider so that we fill in our gap. You put all your eggs in one basket economically, sure. and then yeah. there's a downturn in the economy. If it's all retail, when when inflation takes over or we have issues with money flow in this country, uh, entertainment and uh, disposable incomes go right out the door. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a diverse base of economy to support a robust uh, financial health of this city. I think that's extremely important too. Yeah. Have you have you looked into different tech companies that that could come here? Have you? I haven't, but but I I look at other. Situations and opportunities have gone to other cities. Oh, I in, see. In Mississippi, I mean, even looking at Amazon going to to Canton with a thousand yeah. jobs. Um, we talk about people about the city. There's been some conversation about the city contracting a couple of years in a row with a, a concern to go sell the city and look for franchises and to promote the city and and bring in people here. That worked out so well, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we have such a wealth of enthusiastic, um, excited, successful people here in Ocean Springs who would be delighted to be part of a team like that, to go out and tell the story, to have fun promoting the city. To, to um, We don't need somebody else to tell us how to sell Ocean Springs. We love this place. Yeah. We know how to do this. Uh, if you have that, that team together going out and promoting the community, businesses are going to come to you. We w- may never get a Trader Joe's. We may not meet the demographic. But we can sure be known as such an, a positive, vibrant, exciting city with a creative vibe, a, gr- a rich sense of his- history, 
great school system, natural resources. We're near New Orleans, we're uh -huh. not that far from Atlanta, we're on the way to Florida. We have everything that would welcome great businesses here. Why we need someone else to tell that story, I do not know. No, I don't, I don't, I don't get it we either. Need a, we need a professional platform, but there are communities all over this country who have branded themselves as a, that make you just want to go there and visit. Mm -hmm. They've branded themselves. You, you can't wait to consider going to live there. Yeah. Ocean Springs. Who could not sell Ocean Springs? I'm telling you. Yeah. There's nowhere better. Yeah. Everybody that I know that, that has visited this place because they, they've, they've been in the military, they know Ocean Springs, they love Ocean Springs. They yeah. say, if I was in Mississippi, I would live in Ocean Springs, yeah. which I get it, obviously. Yeah. But And I'm not from here. You know, I, I moved here about right. 25 years ago. Uh -huh. And so I have the perspective of someone who's lived elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in South Florida. I've watched condominiums crawl all the way up the coast of Florida. Most of the places where we lived as a family are, are now condominium sites. Mm -hmm. um, we're better than that. We love what we have. This is 1699. Who mm -hmm. else has a city that's established at that time? Yeah. And like you're talking about the trees that probably saw Iberville land. Yeah. Um, and you couple that with the with the natural resources. You couple that with the school system. You couple that with our location and co just general coast living. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's and the quality of life we get for what it costs here. We may complain about property taxes. We may complain about two percent sales tax, whatever. Live somewhere else. Go visit somewhere else and see what you get for your tax dollars. Look, I've I've been to more than fifty countries and uh, wow. six six continents, and I would I still. Uh, don't feel the way I do about anywhere else that I do here. And it just feels like home. It's welcoming. And again, as I've said before, I'll beat this up again, but just how it feels like we're in this harmony with nature, yeah. all the buildings. I mean, I um, like even, even this piece of property that, that, that we're at, it, it's as if it's carved out of nature and it's just, nature's like, fine, have this spot. We're going to grow around you. You know? Yeah. Like Kazoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are ample resources, natural resources that we love and that are that really um, add to our everyday life. Mm -hmm. I love to fly into to Gulfport uh, because when you fly in from anywhere and you get in, you you've come from concrete mm -hmm. and you get closer, the closer you get to Ocean Springs, the greener it gets. Yeah. And there's that just excites me every time. Yeah. 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 I, I love looking at the world from from out there. I've got like 2000 hours on an aircraft, you know, flying around. Wow. And so, um, one of my favorite things to do is, is when you depart and you look out of a window, it's as if you get to a point where the waves start crashing, waves stop crashing, yeah. you know, and the cars barely move. And it's as if you're leaving the world, you know, uh, in a snapshot of time to return later, you know, and it's just, I, I love the concept of that. And I like the um, way you said that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's a real thing. And I've, I've had the pleasure of flying over Ocean Springs and it's a different, it's a different perspective. I would say it's my second favorite place to fly over, unfortunately. All right. What's your first? Uh, flying around the, uh, around the Mediterranean, Greece, uh, Italy, just, just the rocky coast and the blue waters mm -hmm. out there are just beautiful. And plus I'm, I'm a huge fan of, um, uh, mythology. So, uh, you know, I get that as well, you know, to I think that, 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 uh, people would sail the, uh, sail the Mediterranean and wage these wars and, you know, in the name of, of, uh, polytheistic intentions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, when um, I, when I have flown over to see my boy, uh, some of the planes have that camera on the, in the belly of the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're coming in, like going over France, one time we were below clouds 
and and you could see the vineyards and yeah. it was, and then you go to another country and you see the change in topography mm-hmm. you, almost the cultural changes that come with that boundary yeah it, it's very exciting so seeing the earth from that perspective is wonderful yeah yeah Absolutely. when when i flew into france it's as old, it, it's as if i can see the disdain that they have for people that don't speak french <laughs> <laughs> from the air <laughs> All right, you got me on that one. That is really good. Because they do not like no. you if you do not speak French. No. I mean, and, no. and, and I don't speak French, but I know what anger sounds like. Um, I'll just put it in a positive way, since that tends to be my way here. Um, in Ocean Springs, you do not get treated the same way you do in Paris no, you when don't. you show up as a visitor. Uh, that's very true. And very I'm true. happy about that. <laughs> All good love to Paris. And yeah, France. there you go. There you go. Well, and, and because there's such a French influence down here as well, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of different flags fly over the city. <laughs> oh, for sure. For influenced sure. by every one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Melanie, what else? I mean, you know, so so you've talked about your about your priorities. Has has anything else changed from the last time we talked? Like, uh, what are your opinions on, on, say, the parking garage? Are you still uh, in support of a parking garage? Yeah, I, lo- I love that project because I'm all about any kind of public-private partnership like yeah. that. When you can leverage private dollars in that manner for something that's that big and a transformative project like that in this city. I, I'm eager, Brian, for us to have big conversations like that. The easy conversation, sitting down with people you already agree with, okay, the value is sitting down with someone you don't agree with, mm-hmm. getting them to explain to you why they feel this way or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, the parking garage has the opportunity to extend our business area to the east, which is wonderful. That's more growth for us. Um, I don't like it being called a parking garage because I've, I've talked to the, some of the developers, and it, it's a multi-use uh, facility that's going to be absolutely beautiful with a parking garage attached to it gotcha Uh, and i know that the rounds of uh funding for this have come through this year i think there were two million dollars allocated to assist with that last year uh the developers felt that wasn't sufficient for the parking garage i think there was a 6.2 million maybe um that sounds right allocated this year so that should be enough to get us a good parking garage there um i have faith that those that's going to be beautiful they look to incorporate public art they look to incorporate some green space. I think it's going to be a, a spectacular project for this community. And I also think there are other big things we could look at, and, and not just for parking. The, the statistics will tell you somebody likes to, they park somewhere, they're generally going to walk a quarter mile radius of where they parked. Okay. Well, that parking garage is a little further east than some of our major park. I think we can, we can talk to some of the property owners who have parking areas. We can do some contracting with them, maybe for weekend uh, evening event parking at their places. I think there are big other issues. Um, I think we could look at moving City Hall. We are ge- geographically, we are a city that's moved all, you know, we go to 57. Mm-hmm. Everything's down here. Um, maybe we look at moving City Hall further to the east on some property that the city already owns. We did that with the police yeah, and the fire yeah. department. That did well. I would want a an active police substation downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that would open up parking there on Dewey and Porter, where the, where the city is now. And uh, I also think that we could look at perhaps having, we need to have the conversation. These are not, these are things to have conversations about, not right, things right. to immediately do. Um, maybe public works moves to the east also. That would open up all that property on Pine. Uh, public works is kind of boxed in right there. Yeah, Those folks are vital to our community. So um, 
I, I think there are big things for us to look at in, in addition. We've talked about previously about the Mary C. I see some transformative projects going uh, in the future for that. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm all about public-private partnerships. Pascagoula has a Pascagoula Redevelopment Authority where they get funding and then they work with property owners there to develop um, short-term rentals above a jewelry store or mm. meetings places. Uh, it's a great way on a local level to have the community decide. These are things we're missing that would add to what we offer in our community. And so um, leveraging that with, with uh, public-private partnerships, I love that proper, uh, that whole thing. And I think the, the multi-use building with a parking garage on Porter is going on, on government is going to be great. I, I definitely agree, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sensing a common theme here is that you, you leverage your ability to work with teams, work with individuals to form a consensus, to drive towards a, a unified common goal. Right. And that's, that's obviously really important. Uh, now in, in our form of, of government, it, it's especially important, right? Because the yeah. alderman, the legislative body seems to carry the majority of, of the authority. So I'm curious, what are what can you do to make sure that you're working well with uh, with the alderman there? I mean, what, what skill sets do you have? I mean, are, are you worried about that, you know, working with the alderman? No, I'm not worried about it at all because we all come, uh, we come into public service with the same perspective. I assume they're in this for the same reason I am. Mm -hmm. Those aldermen don't get paid enough for the hours they put in, and we all know that, and that's a part-time job. Mm -hmm. Being able to team build, to be able to um, establish priorities, to be able to work within the hierarchy of an organization like this municipality, I'm fine with that. Uh, these, there's no problem with that. Skills building that I have, that I bring, is in strategic planning, in team building, in um, being able to set goals and objectives for an organization with a timeline. I'm a big believer in putting ever, putting everything out there. You let the whole team know. You let them know how valuable they are. Yeah. You put good people in place. Let them do their job. Mm -hmm. um, the organizational chart of the city has the board established at the very top. The mayor works for the, bo for the board. And my responsibility would be to make everyone who reports to me, all the department heads, everyone under, successful. So then why, why do other candidates speak about the things that they're specifically going to do? It's as if they, it, well, I, I, get, I guess you can't well, really speak for them. Right, right. It's hard yeah. to campaign right. People yeah. want to know your thought process. They want to know your, what you think you are, you're going to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, I worked, uh, even though I had my own business and worked on my own, I also contracted out mm -hmm. with other companies. My last, the last company I contracted with was uh, doing federally supported community health centers. I ended up working for several years with Coastal Family Health Center in Biloxi, and I did administrative work there. So I had somewhere between 80, 120 employees uh, under my direct supervision, and I was part of a team, a key strategic plan team within that organization. So that sort of hierarchy, I'm very familiar with it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a team player. Anytime you can build a team, have the more people around the table, the, the more it makes me happy because mm -hmm. everybody's pulling towards that same goal. Yeah, some people would would say that that having more people involved though would would be a would be a hindrance because you got more people that but you could maybe a have a conflict with. This is a city, yeah. And, and the city, you know, the way I, I the way I perceive how the aldermen do their job is they listen to the people in their their boards. I would want to be part of that process and be physically present. I'm going to be out walking the different wards mm -hmm. regularly. People would see me in their wards monthly. I've learned so much being out there as a candidate. 
I cannot imagine not uh, retaining that same pattern as mayor. And so I would work with the, with the alderman for that area and with the, the alderman at large, whoever is uh, in that position. And then we have to say together, we're all in this together, we're going to work together. You, you get the right people at the table, you establish who's responsible for what, you set a timeline, and then you make sure everybody does their job. Those are the basics of how you, how you create and, and develop and, and achieve anything. And it's the same thing in team building within an organization. We have great people at City Hall. Uh -huh. um, we have great department heads. There's no need to reestablish or recreate an executive committee. They're already there. You look at the organizational chart. Those department heads are your key staff, uh, your executive committee. Meeting with them daily, weekly, knowing what their needs are, knowing what their priorities are, making sure we're speaking to each other, checking in. That's called management. Sure. I'm eager to do that. Sure. Well, and, and uh, I, I will say... Uh, there's no shortage of energy that that, that you have. No. See, when when I saw you at uh, Quitsky's that, that one time, whenever uh, Mr. Quitsky threw that kind of event with the aldermen and yeah. the mayors and whatnot, yeah. I was about to leave. It was like a quarter to eight, and you had told me you'd been up since six thirty, <laughs> and you were just as vibrant and energetic as ever. And and I think I said something to the degree like I don't understand how you are the way that you are, given like you've been active all day. I work an eight hour shift and I want to crash, you know, uh, it, I am so enthusiastic about this adventure. And it has been one of the most thrilling things I've ever taken on in my life. I am energized by it. And nobody would ever is going to outwork me as a candidate. Nobody will ever outwork me uh, as mayor. Uh, I'm I'm geared to be successful at what I take on, mm -hmm. and uh, that that's gives me great joy. To be able to contribute to this community in any way will thrill me greatly. This has been one of the happiest periods of my life. I love this place. This has been a healing place for me, mm -hmm. just as those healing waters have healed people for generations. Uh, well, and, and to be that fair, that gives me energy and makes me want to do more. Right. And and the city has even recognized you for your contributions yes. by giving you this, this current administration gave you yes. the key to the city. Yes. You know, I was thrilled to get it. Yeah. I had a very good working relationship with Shay Dobson mm -hmm. and I called him mayor in the office and I've been respectful. I went and introduced myself the second week he was in office uh -huh. because I know Brian in a municipal situation my grants are small even though i have written grants that have been funded uh, i think collectively about a half a million dollars for this city altogether as a volunteer uh, if i don't have support from the city even on a five thousand dollar grant for a piece of art or something there's no value i'm a team player i want to i want to work with the city i went in and introduced myself to to mayor dobson uh we had a great relationship i, I met with him at least monthly, probably through his entire term. Mm -hmm. And it's made me very sad that we don't have that relationship anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree. Um, well, I, I salute him for stepping up. Yeah. And I, I applaud what he's been able to, he's done some good things. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. So at the end of your, let's say you get elected. Okay. okay? All right. Mayor Allen, okay. Sir. In four years, what does the city look like after four years? Oh, I love that. Um, the city looks that it is um, it is a planned entity. We are cleaner. We are full of pride for the opportunity to live here. We are all focused together on moving this city in the direction we want it to go. We've established community priorities. Um, we are well on our way, or we have already redone our city comprehensive plan, 
Uh, every person you've interviewed in polit politics since our first interview has talked about the city comprehensive plan. Sure. So I'm not going to take any more time on that. But the fact that ours is 11 years old is kind of silly. Sure. And that we don't need experts to come in here and build that plan. We need someone to help facilitate, let our citizens do a mini charrette. Let's create that comprehensive plan. We're working under a comprehensive plan now. The fact that it, it, it does exist. Anybody can find it. It's on the city's website. Mm -hmm. It was very well done. Um, we will move forward on that one until we redo it. But we do need to maximize our the potential of this city. Mm -hmm. uh, there are conversations about annexation. There are conversations about the sports complex. There are conversations mm -hmm. about development of East Ocean Springs. All of those are moving further along. The one thing I can tell you in four years is that we will have made progress on infrastructure. We will have made progress on sidewalks. We will have addressed parking issues. Uh, we will have addressed um, traffic issues. We would have addressed signage issues. I'm going to give a shout out to the current administration because some of those, some of your other folks that have been interviewed didn't, don't realize some of the things that the city's already got going on. And I do want to compliment if you don't sure. mind. Um, I've heard criticism about signage. Well, I was on a, a wayfinding committee. The mayor uh, asked me to serve on that last year. And that group together has worked under um, facilitation by um, Christian Prius. Okay. Um, and Christian Prius uh, took us through the journey of deciding uh, what's the best way, if you're a stranger coming in here, how to find parking, how to find city hall, how to know directionally. And not just to have those, but to have them um, branded that so that they're in concert with the city. Yeah. So the same colors, same typefaces, those will be cropping up. That, that committee completed their work, and it was a good opportunity to be part of that, and you're going to see changes around town because of that. The city also, I believe Carolyn Martin got some funds, their grant funds for um, a traffic and parking study, and that's going on right now. And that will be crucial to understanding what's the best way for us to go. There's conversations about one way, there's conversation on government, and mm -hmm. um, but then you always have to remember what, anytime you throw a rock in water, it makes a ripple, other people are affected. If mm -hmm. we move traffic one way, we've got to get them back. So, right, right, and right. They're gonna go right down Bowen and, and, and involve a residential neighborhood that's already got a narrow street, no. Yeah. So that study's already going on, and when we get the benefit of that, we can make some informed decisions. So I do want to give a, a shout out for some of these things have been are being addressed. The city also got two hundred thousand uh, dollars that will be used to explore alternatives for that intersection where you come off the bridge down to Porter, mm -hmm. which is a big project for me because our Historic Ocean Springs Association is working in uh, trying to get community engagement in that area. So the citizens in that area will talk about how do we blend the old fabric with the new fabric that we know is coming. That creative vibe cre creeping on down Porter. Yeah. But Carolyn was able to get $200,000 to address issues that can actually be some construction. That's an awkward turn when you come yeah, up with Yeah, it. it really so is. So that will be addressed. But in four years, you're going to see us even a brighter version of what we are now with quality of life addressed, um, fairness of issues that protect our residents as well as our visitors. We want our visitors to be happy. But we don't want our, our, our citizens to be have their quality of life changed sure. because of uh, music or that's whatever. Loud golf carts. But I have to say, <laughs> I was talking to the folks at the villa recently, and, uh, and they were very complimentary about the fact that in uh, the last month or two, the, the sound issues with loud music past the, the time at night is, is not existent anymore. Mm. They're very happy about that. So, again, a compliment to the city. Yeah.
Okay, so after four years then, we see the vision, we see what it looks like. Yeah. What does it feel like? What does it feel like to be in Ocean Springs in four years? It feels years? united. It, okay. we're, we're not wasting energy arguing with each other. We're pulling towards things. We're happier. We're, we have civic pride. Um, we feel energized about our, our creative vibe that we have here. We have things going on at the Mary C that are, are exciting and unique. We have uh, uh, a situation where we all feel community over competition, where we mm. feel a real uh, urge to make. There's our little friend. You're good. Sorry about you're that. Good, you're good. <laughs> uh, where we have an urge to all be part. We're all stakeholders in Ocean Springs. I agree. We, we're all. This is a business. It's if we are uh, stockholders. And, and it's that same sort of thing. But we also invest our dreams. We invest our, invest our, our sweat equity. We, we start businesses. We, we dream big. We're willing to fail. We take risks here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to be a city where our kids want to come back. Yeah. And, and that gives me great joy. So I, I would like to say that. And in four years, I'd like to see my boy back here. He's been okay. abroad too long. Yeah. I want him to come back here. <laughs> well, well so come on very, back home. That's very personal to me. Uh, Lee's a school teacher. He's the head of an English department at the American school in Tangier, Morocco. Wow. Did that after his Peace Corps obligation. And I'm very proud of that. But Lee makes probably more, a little more over twice what he would make as a school teacher here. Oh, wow. So dreaming that he's going to come back here and teach school, <laughs> I, I would like that. Um, I can't do anything about uh, what school teachers make other than to advocate that I think they are all American heroes and, and grossly underpaid, but sure. that's, that's a different pot of money. Right. Uh, what I can do to support that is to have a vibrant economy in Ocean Springs so that our millage is supporting that stellar school system. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are of a... And it's staffed by a crop of teachers who are just as exciting as Melinda Boswell was yeah, when you right. were in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, that was a I'm, nice segue. Yeah, I know. I'm sure she hasn't skipped a beat either. I'm, no. I'm sure she's just as energetic and just as passionate. That I have energy. I can't keep it with yeah. Melinda. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't doubt that. What are your thoughts on Front Beach? Which parts of Front Beach? Because Front well, Beach is a... Sure, Some sure. Broad issues. There. Right, right. Well, I guess I guess the construction that's that's going on there with the with the swales. Do you do you do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I don't like them, but yeah. um, I have a great relationship with uh, Brian Fulton, the county administrator. I'm very fond of Troy Ross. I think he does a great job as a supervisor for our area uh, on the county team. I wish that these folks had been responsive when many of us, including me, asked them, please show us your engineering data that tells us why you support this design so mm-hmm. much when so many of us don't see how it's going to be beneficial. Right. At $1.9 million in extra concrete, well, it's actually 1.2, I think the other's engineering, but that's a lot of money for concrete. I know. It, it's just so... It just seems so conflicting with the beauty of that beach. I, I know from my land trust experience about uh, living shorelines, I know other ways to do that. Uh, I, have, I have to have faith in the supervisors that they know what they're doing. I just wish they had taken the time to have a community meeting. We could have put it at the community center. They could put all their graphics up. We could all see and be convinced as a community, oh, we were wrong. These are going to work. Yeah. What many of us seeing, and I've talked to everybody about this. I've talked to Dr. Mark LaSalle, who's a very good friend of mine. Uh, Julie Weaver, she's an uh, environmental specialist. We all mm-hmm. respect her. She was People, a former alderman too, right? She was. Mm-hmm. She was alderman at, at large before Troy Ross and before Bobby. Um, but Front Beach is too 
important for us to accept an easy concrete over I think the thing that is ingrained Brian that that all of us have a problem with one two things really one we've watched the prototypes now that were put down there of those swales yeah we watched them for over probably almost a year and a half of storms they didn't work well they clogged up I think part of this is functional but part of us you don't want to make extra maintenance for the people in the county they seem to be designed to make extra maintenance for these folks. I don't know how they're going to work. Yeah. I would love to be wrong. Um, the other part of this is many of us, and I'm just going to step right out there and say this, the flaw in that sidewalk design was original flaw. Uh, something about concrete on sand is not going to work. It was in the Bible. It's still true. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I still believe that the sidewalk should have been attached to the seawall. We wouldn't be having these issues. There was a way for plantings as well. But I can't go back and undo that. Right. The problem I have now is that I think we all recognize that flaw. And now we're going to spend $1.9 million to seal that flaw. And it's fate. Mm-hmm. You know, There's a lot of us who would love to see the, the flawed areas just pulled out, put them on a barge, go make us a nice fishing reef. I love to fly fish, so right. you know, I'd like to be fine with me. But... Um, it, it does. It feels flawed, and and I think a lot of folks uh, recognize that it hasn't worked. The, the fix doesn't seem to work, and um, the fact that we are not being, I, I think the county could be a little more responsive to the citizens' needs. They want to know why mm-hmm. this seems to be the fix. Well, it sounds like you're the right person to do that because you you've you've been involved in uh, coastal water. Uh, preservation for many years um you've 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 been involved in nonprofits. you've you've got plenty of community ties both um at the municipal uh and county level and it seems like being able to employ you and put you to work for the city and so you can leverage those those connections maybe who knows might have yielded a different uh a different response i would response. hope so i would yeah. hope that i would have had the conversation i i would hope to have been involved from the very yeah. beginning we have a seat. We can go to the Jackson County meetings. We, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Ocean Springs is part of Jackson County. Uh, we should be teamed on everything we do. Yeah. And I think I could have persuaded them. I, I want to believe I could have persuaded them to have a common conversation before the contract went out or after. But to please, I think it's my obligation to respond to the citizens' need for more information. Yeah. I certainly have done that. But I also have had the opportunity through the Land Trust Alliance nationally to go through leadership training, to understand best water, watershed management practices, to understand about living shorelines, to understand about mitigation. So I bring that expertise to the job as well. Okay. Well, Melanie, what else would you like to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else to talk about? Well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. You know, when I look at you as a as a candidate and and again on on balance i mean i don't i I don't have a vote in the election and 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 i've interviewed just about everybody and you know when i look at you if if you're looking for somebody who has had community involvement you've got a bullet for that okay if you're looking for somebody who's who's been involved and has experience and a vigor for preserving the arts you've got a bullet for that if you're looking for somebody who wants to preserve the coastlines and our coastal waters and the environment you've got a bullet for that if you want somebody that's that's uh, that's been a business owner and that has a knack for you know running a business and wants to preserve business and understands the value of business to Ocean Springs, you've got a, 
You've got a bullet for that. You seem to be this amalgam of a mayor that can hit all the different passions that people have for this city. And, you know, this is just me speaking, but it's hard for me to find somebody else that fits those blocks. I, I that's that's just that. and, that's and, just me speaking. That's a decision voters will each have. Right, to make. right. I I don't know Mr. Holloway very well. I met him. Mm-hmm. A friend, mutual friend of ours, uh, said they they thought they ought to put the two of us together. And knew he was thinking of running. It was the first time I'd met him. Very nice gentleman. Yeah, he's got expertise in in property development, and sure. real estate, and I'm sure a case could be made for him as well. But I, I'm eager to take on this this role. I think it's. Uh, it's a crucial time for this city. We're, we're not the city we, we used to be. Uh, we're at a crossroads. We're, we're not the city we used to be, not the city we're going to become. And we need someone with a calm voice, an adult in the room maybe, mm-hmm. who um, has team building skills, planning skills. My, my ability to people, put people in the same room together, whether we agree or disagree, I think that I've established that in all the organizations I've been a, a part of. I've been doing the work for 25 years. I've been here in Ocean Springs as a volunteer. I have been blessed where I, I've been able to have that time. And um, I occasionally still do some ghostwriting for some old clients, but my time has been invested that, in yeah. this city. And uh, it's been a great thing. I, I could have done crossword puzzles. I could have been on vacation more. I could have. No, you couldn't. Spent- <laughs> you couldn't stay away from it. Look, you don't. <laughs> it's, not, it's not in me. My, my grandfather, who raised me, started working. He, he came from a very poor family in, uh, in Massachusetts, and he started working when he was eight. And he tried to start retiring before the time I was born. He could never stay retired. Oh. And I think I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an energy. And, and I have had such a life of gratitude. This will sound corny, and some people may, not, uh, may think I'm just saying this, but the, I am built on gratitude. I know how blessed I've been in this life. And it isn't, it's not just a need, it's a real desire to return to this earth what I've been given. And uh, I think God put me in Ocean Springs for a reason. This was not something I expected to do. I did not ever expect to run for public office as mayor. I had one try at it years ago. I did mm-hmm. a bad job. The city selected Bobby Cox, and he mm-hmm. was a great choice at the time. But I'm, a, um, I'm a eight or nine years past that of, a, of experience and involvement in this city. And... I love this city enough to come out of my precious, quiet, dignified life and and go into politics and put myself on the line. I've spent the last six or seven months. Uh, it was a hard decision to, to make this mm-hmm. uh, this run. You put yourself out there. You're you're um, you're vulnerable. Uh, I I stuttered as a kid, and, and so public speaking, people will say to me, "Oh, you're it's so easy for you." It is never easy for me. You give me hope because I stutter as well. <laughs> And it's like constant, there's, there's times where I'll go to introduce myself and I can't get my own name out. And so they look at me awkward and I have to like take a deep breath and then summon and then say my name. And it's just, it's so frustrating. So you give me hope. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with you. I I was going to say that all the conversations everybody's had with you, you don't sell yourself enough. Uh, You're a pro at this. You, this may be a hobby and you may be an instructor at air traffic control, but uh, this is a passion with you. And I think you get you feed off the people you interview, and I think you you add another layer of knowledge every time you meet one. You look so eager every time we sit down to talk, and it's it's not just questions. You're looking for information and understanding, and I like that. It makes it easy to have a conversation with you. Well, I'm passionate about passion, and people with passion talk differently. And yeah. um, I 
I dive into my passions and when I can get people to talk about their passions, I dive into that too with them. Yeah. So um, it, it's been an absolute blast. I'll, I'll say one more thing. Um, so we've, we've, we've talked about uh, not necessarily scripture, but, but we've, we've mentioned, we've made religious reference once or twice. And so I want to tell you about my, my, my favorite passage sure. and it's, and it's from the book of Matthew and it's, um, and it's, you judge a tree by the fruit that it bears, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that that's important, an important, uh, way to maybe kind of draw this to an end. Although I do have one question sure. after this, but, um, when I look at you, uh, and, and the fruit that you bear, um, through, through your work, um, I hope that people can judge you based on that, yeah. based on your concrete ideas and your passions for this city. I, I think and, they will. I think this is nothing a more fair, than that. fair community. Uh, my grandmother always, she, she would remind me all through growing up, she had this great saying that life and tennis are much alike. The players, the person who serves well seldom loses. And, oh, and I love that. I, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. And I, I've remembered it all these years. So final question for you. Sure. This is from Patrick Mortensen. If you were to choose a one-topping pizza, which is it? And then there's a follow-up. So if you were to pick a one-topping pizza, what okay, is it? that's this one question I was not expecting. <laughs> All right, so to clarify, because I like to define terms. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. Is, is cheese implied on a pizza? Uh, well, so if you were to say cheese, then basically you want an extra cheese pizza. Well, there is no pizza without cheese. No, that's I, I true. I could do without meat yeah. in life and cheeses. You know, I, I go to okay. Dixie and I might have $25 worth of meat and $45 worth of cheeses. Yeah, that, yeah. Those are my priorities. <laughs> so cheese is going to be on that pizza. Sure. Okay. So let's one, say that's implied. One thing, um, I'm going to go with uh, black olives. <sighs> okay. Follow-up question. Hold on. Follow-up question. Uh, does pineapple belong on a pizza? For some people but not for me. Oh, really? Now, I will say where pineapple does belong, which I just realized recently um, eating downtown, um, I believe it was Mosaic, uh, who's really beefed up their menu, really excellent. Uh-huh. Mahi-mahi fish tacos with pineapple. Go on. Uh, honey. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my, my two toppings, and, and people are not going to like this, if I splurge, I'll get more. But generally, my go-to is a two-topping pizza with black olives and pineapple. We were meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Melody has been a blast talking Always. to you. I've, I've, I've had a blast. And um, regardless of how this works out, I hope that we can maybe talk again. Because I'm sure you're going to continue to be involved with things. Absolutely. And anything that we can bring light to uh, platform in any way please always use me as a, as a, as a resource. I'm, I'm happy to do that. And when I talk about these citizen committees, Hey now, yeah. let me know. <laughs> okay. That's a deal. Thank you, Brian. It's been great fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. No problem. I had a blast. All right, everybody. We'll see you. Everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did. And if you want to follow uh, more and hear more, you can check us out on any of the major podcasting platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, everything. You can also follow us on social media. I've got a YouTube channel, so search for Shop and Chivalry. Subscribe there. 
We also have Instagram, just look for Shop and Chivalry, Twitter at Shop and Chivalry, and Facebook.com slash Shop and Chivalry. You can also shoot us an email at administration at Shop and Chivalry if you'd like to be on the show or suggest somebody or give more direct feedback. You can also find that link on our website, shopandchivalry.com, where I have all of my ramblings about the show, what the show means to me, that that particular episode. I've got a blog, other media on there as well, as well as embedded players. So you can play the shows and the videos for those that, that have video as well. So uh, again, thank you for all the love. I appreciate all the feedback. It's been wonderful. I'm having a great time. And uh, yeah, much love. All right. See you.